Lo-fi poly side, Michael Pickering bringing it down lo-fi live over what's going on in the world today. And today we have a very special episode coming at you about people with a very, very special guest, the Director of Strategic Initiatives at the Beach at UNO. Welcome, please, Dr. Nina Balan. How are we doing today? I am doing fantastic. Thank you for inviting me. You are very, very welcome. Thank you for coming. I love I love having amazing people on, and you are most certainly one of the most amazing people I know. And Dr. Balan, let's let's jump into it. What kind of an amazing topic are you bringing to the good people of LoFi today? Today, I would like to discuss the importance of build environment in our society and how it impacts climate change. Build environment and climate change. Now, now when you say build environment, I think a few of our listeners may be like, well, well, I know what climate change is, but what does is, what is build environment really mean? The build environment is essentially all of the physical elements that make up where we live, play, and work. It also includes our streets and op- open public spaces like the High Line. And uh, it shapes what folks have access to and has played a huge role in redlining and gentrification. So it's literally everything around us it's the it's our environment that we create so a forest is the environment but a city and how we build the environment that's the build environment right correct it impacts the environment and how society physically maneuvers and functions as well as tangible aspects of society such as socioeconomic inequity and health right right so whenever you want to talk about you know you could compare the build environment of a suburb to an urban area or a central business district versus neighborhoods that are being gentrified. Like that's that's what you're talking about. Right? We compare different spaces that we live in, right? Correct. We compare spaces that we live in, the way we built, the way we had planned and thought out. Um, and we need to remember that when we think about the impact of the built environment on climate, we do have to recognize that the built environment contributes about 42% to our global greenhouse gas emissions. Now, that 42% divides into 27 coming from the built environment, you know, including all the infrastructure, and about 15 from steel, iron, cement, and other chemicals. So we and and how we build, how we build where we live is really, really heating up the planet in a very literal sense, right? Absolutely. Urban studies and planning plays a huge role in how we function these days. But um, with the new buildings, we do have an opportunity to go electric, right? We can be conscious about the materials we use. We can be conscious about where the building is placed and how it interacts with all participants and elements. Um, you know, we can decide to build a garden, to build more green, greenery in our spaces, parks, urban green infrastructure that actually benefits the most. And with the environment and the infrastructure that is already in place, you know, we can um, redefine it. We can um, work throughout what has been developed already and see what changes can we bring on to modify. So here I'm thinking of all renewable energy resources, solar panels, green infrastructure around your house, insulation, and really all that weatherization program that has been in place in the United States since the 90s. 
That's excellent. I mean, you, you definitely now we're getting into the the area of really defining what we're talking about and the different aspects of it and how we can start to help out. And we'll get to more of that in a little bit. But but also, and you started telling us like how this is affecting climate. But you know, one thing I always like to ask guests and, and even myself, whenever I do like top 10 lists and different things like this, you know, whenever I'm bringing up something that I think is is a new theme or topic to guests, I always like to think about you know, why is this important or how is this important? Like everyone, is, at least in my opinion, everyone knows about uh, global climate change and global warming and things like this. And, you know, people, they're they're pretty well versed about Paris Climate Accords or COP27 or coming up COP28. And the people generally understand there is a conversation about how to effectively reduce climate change or global warming. But my question to you is, in that greater conversation, where does building environment fit into it? And how important do you think it is for us to implement it? And how much would it help uh, global warming efforts? The built environment really impacts the environment and how the society functions, as well as less tangible aspects of society, such as socioeconomic inequity and health. And our built environment has to meet the needs of people and society, offer a good living environment and really contribute to sustainable de development. Um, how we live our lives affects the environment in many ways. And whether it's a matter of how we heat our homes, travel to work, leisure or activities, or separating our waste, recycling, it all plays a role into how the environment was built. I, I couldn't agree more and I, I think Especially now that there is 8 billion of us, right? So we're not just talking about, you know, the build environment for people in one city or one town or one state or province or country or 200 countries. We're talking about how the way that 8 billion people interact and create our own environment, it'll directly affect the entire planet's environment because we are, to, to say, I guess what I'm trying to say is, we cannot separate our environment that we create from the environment of the planet because it's one and the same, right? So, of course, our build environment is directly affecting the environment. Would you say that's it's kind of what we're talking about? Absolutely. It is um, affecting each other, and it's very important for uh, continuing sustainability. Um, and it's super important for environmental justice. So you define how, you know, there's two sides of the regions. There is the global south, there's the global north. And oftentimes we hear about the poverty in the global south and less poverty in the global north. And this built environment, it is across the board equal in both aspects, whether it's in the United States, whether it's globally, internationally, uh, we've seen it in every region and every country. Well, without a doubt. And, and part of what COP27 was about last year, which for those who, who are listening who are like, well, what's COP27? It's the Conference of Parties 27. It's the 27th annual meeting of the United Nations Climate Conference, where summit and, and it's a leaders from all over the world and all the countries get together and they, they try to do something. Like the Paris Climate Accords was COP21, I want to say it was. And so in COP27 last year, the agreement that they came to was to create a global fund to help developing countries who were disproportionately hurt by climate change, to help them rebuild efforts and to help them build their build environment in a green way. 
Um, however, sadly enough, I have not heard anything much about that fund actually being created or money put into it or any money distributed. And we are getting closer to COP28 coming up at the end of the year. And so a little slow movement there. But I think part of the, the initiative behind COP27 is to try and implement, build environments that will help these countries go moving forward. Um, but th to that end, what do you think we as countries need to do? Because obviously the UN can only do so much, right? The UN has to agree to do something. But what can we as countries, what kind of policies should we push for? You talk about environmental justice. like So what do you suggest we do to help the build environment? Yeah, that's a great question. I think any stakeholders that are involved in influencing the build environment should really be thoughtful about community ownership of the changes that are made. So it's you, you start with planning to implement policy that centers people. You put people first. And um, historically, the built environment has affected MAPA. MAPA, it is an acronym for most affected people and areas that include BIPOC community, women, people with disability, LGBTQI, and other. And purposely designing an environment that it centers people um, and their well-being, it will increase the opportunities for um, a life quality for all. So what you're saying is whenever the people who actually influence climate policy, for instance, they should be bringing in the people who their build environment is going to affect, right? They shouldn't just be making decisions on their own for places that they don't live. They should be bringing in the community into the decision-making process. Absolutely correct. Yes. Um, community plays a huge role, traditional knowledge that they hold and expertise from living in these environments influences decision-makers. Um, without this participation of the people at the round table, you cannot make sensible and sensitive decisions that will actually better uh, the society at all. But I really see it from two perspectives. I see it from the social perspective, but also economic. So um, we back to the climate change, we can tackle climate change with strategic approach to design of environment, build environment. And if we design sustainably, we actually protect the viability of real estate and investment, which creates jobs and workforce and labor. And socially, um, we have the opportunity to build with um, green infrastructure in mind, with uh, the presence of um, nature-based solutions, with the presence of plants and animals migration corridors, right? Paying attention to our environment. This is what we learned from COVID. The years, two years and two and a half years of COVID and pandemic, we learned that the environment needed a break, needed a pause because too much building infrastructure was causing us to detach from what the nature had to offer. Um, but there's also a lot of things that we can do socially in our local um, small environment in our communities. Some of my favorite examples are um, greening school fundraisers, right? Uh, oftentimes parents and kids do fundraisers at school. And if we had to walk away from um, plastic and things that actually do not support our green infrastructure, it would be better. So we can plant trees, we can help um you know, with planting native plants um, in our areas, or we can learn how to do recycling and compost, or 
Um, we can learn how to save water. So water management could be one of those uh, fundraising tasks and um, um, themes could be used. We can also build better by supporting local farms and get fresh produces. So instead of participating in big corporation and um, adding on to what is already existing, we can support local and this will be one option of um, supporting green environment in our own um, marketplace. We can support co-ops, right? We can share goods, something that we are not uh, taught to be doing in the capitalistic world, um, but we can share, I don't know, child, pet, or elder care. We can share tools utilized by a community, um, share transportation. Um, these days we have so many opportunities to share transportation and um, this is only going to get better if we transition into a renewable energy world where we see less and less um, uh, transportation system that relies on oil and gas and transition to uh, clean tech. And we can share solar power, for example, right? So if we have solar panels distributed among in a community, they can share electricity. So um, this is one of the ways that we can improve it at the local level and something that we, people can do at home, but um, at the state, at the um, nationwide, we can definitely make these changes through policy implementation, keeping people at center. I love this. I love this. You, you, you really got to one of my questions I wanted to ask for listeners, which was what can listeners do at home? And listeners, you just heard a slew of different things that we can do implementing positive change in our lives to help the environment around us um, in total. But and, So let me ask this now, and I love your idea about bringing the community into policymaking initiatives. So let me ask then for the community who would go in, but let's say the community doesn't necessarily know what is in the best interest for building environment. So what would you suggest, let's say, to a community who was about to go into a meeting with policymakers to talk about building environment and infrastructure in the future? What kind of things should the community want and look for in order to help positive growth? That's a great question. Um, I will go back to the traditional knowledge. People already know what is safe for them, and people already know what what uh, a good life is looking for them um you know climate change has really been exacerbating by what we have done um in in policy right we we decided that we have minerals that are being good to distribute and you know improve our economic um market but we have disregarded what actually people needed so if we do listen to people and do listen to their traditional knowledge that they have been willing to share and tell us when is a good season to um, you know, go fishing, when is not a good season to go fishing, when is a good season for, um, for, for the area to have high tide and low tide, right? Like we, I will give you an example of Venice. Uh, people really um, were scared hearing that Venice is suffering of dry canals and that sometimes Venice is flooding. Um, but truly, people use their traditional knowledge to prepare themselves for that. So people know based on the moon, they know that there is a low tide season and a high tide season. And it's inevitable that at times the canals will dry and it's inevitable that at times the canals will flood. Um, so these are things that 
really have been existing with our people of our community. Um, you know, we we carry with us so much traditional knowledge um, that we do not pay attention to because we are so distracted by the economic prosperity. Um, and oftentimes economic prosperity can diminish um, what a social economic life looks like for people. I like that. I like that. It's It sounds kind of like we're too preoccupied with looking at economic development instead of thinking about it as socioeconomic development, which which takes into account, yes, prosperity, but also like well-being and overall, like how we feel and our health and, and how we interact with each other. And, you know, if you ask me, if it's a hot day outside and I have a tree and I'm under some shade, I'm more likely to be nice to someone who's walking by and say hello, whether than if like it's hot outside and it's just a whole bunch of concrete and there's no shade and I'm sweating and people are just walking by and like, I'm, people are not going to be as friendly. I feel like having a green friendly area is like, it promotes community and community interaction. But let me ask you, so we've talked about a, a great deal right now. Um, is there anything you really want to focus on before we cut it out for the day? Um, is there anything you want to tell listeners out there? Leave them with like a message of of the future and where we should go then. Look around your yourself. Look around your environment and spare the things that you think are unnecessary. Um, have a good inventory of your day-to-day -day tasks and habits um, and see what small changes you can play. Um, I hear oftentimes people say, you know, we are not really responsible for the greenhouse gas emissions. We're not really responsible for flooding, dryouts, or urban heat. However, I think we play a small role into this eight, among these 8 billion people. If each individual will care about recycling, composting, nature-based solution, I think in our own small environment, we can definitely make that change. Second would be voting. Um, it is crucial to understand that people that we choose to represent us, they can make pretty big decisions. And if you choose to represent and, and vote for somebody who's um, pro-climate in regards like pro-change um, and change that is good for all, because once we transition to green infrastructure, once we transition to electrifying the industry and um, implementing the jobs on um, renewable energy, we really benefit everyone. This is an addition to an existing workforce market. This is an addition to what has been implemented for decades in a city like New Orleans, Louisiana, and it's only adding prosperity at the economic level. Um, I like giving an example of real estate because it plays a huge role into the built environment. And data shows that within 30 years, an estimated 34 billion of coastal real estate is um, flooding within the U.S. But this also means that by 2029, millennials, um, the age 30 to 44, will outnumber all other ages groups in labor market. So... Um, you know, if we do what we have been doing so far, um, the, the future is green. And I like saying, let's try to play a small role in our day-to-day -day play, work, and leave habits, because it will certainly influence our neighbor. It will influence our children. It influence how we think as a society. And then go out there and vote. Choose officials that represent you at your core. Um, and making sure that we leave a generation behind that can 
equally enjoy what we have today, a beautiful nature, a beautiful place where we thrive um, and a place that supports us to stay healthy. I love it. I love all of that so much. Um, Dr. Balan, I I truly cannot thank you enough for coming on and for, for talking to all of us and for all the listeners, I, I'm speaking for them. Thank you, because it's, it's so rare we get to actually listen to someone kind of break down what we can do in the climate world and around the build environment um, for ourselves here in New Orleans and around us. So thank you so, so much. And please come back anytime you wish. Know that you have an open invitation from Lo-Fi Poli Sci. Thank you so much. My pleasure. It was an honor to be on the podcast. Thank you, thank you. And this is just a snap of what's going on in the world today. Lo-Fi Poli Sci is more than just me. It's the we that we be. Balan and Pickering, signing off. <laughs>